Welcome to another episode of It's a Long Beach Thing, where we bring on guests and we talk about this beautiful city we call Long Beach. And now, here's your host, motivational coach, Paul Fortune. Welcome, everybody, to It's a Long Beach Thing, where we bring people from all walks of life and we talk about our favorite subject, the city that we love, Long Beach. Chuck Thrash, this is the very first show. Are you excited to be the first guest? Is your adrenaline pumping? I can't believe I'm breaking the ice here. I don't. I feel like I'm not worthy. <laughs> You're <laughs> definitely worthy. I'm, I tell you, like, uh, you know, it's not like this Wayne's World thing. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> you are definitely worthy. I wanted to bring you on because heart and soul, uh, you got you got a lot of connection in Long Beach. So uh, I want to bring it on to you. What is your connection with Long Beach uh, so we can converse about it? So my connection starts with, uh, I guess, both my parents' families migrated to Long Beach when my parents were young or right before they were born. And uh, they grew up in Long Beach. So most of my extended family is from Long Beach. Um, I've lived there most of my life. I consider it my hometown, although we grew up in Anaheim a little bit when I was younger. Um, I don't live there now, but I still work there and I have worked there my whole career. So um, very connected, you know, been to a lot of the bars and a lot of the restaurants and seen a change over the years and uh, love it there. It's a good place. Right on. And you went to uh, Millican High School, right? Yep. Long Beach Millican High School. So we were in more leagues. So we got to compete against Polly, which means we had the honor of being crushed by them in many sports. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it was fun. We held our own sometimes, you know. Depending, depending on what the sport was, right? I would imagine. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah we and did. Then, you know, go on. I'm sorry. I was going to say that, you know, we had the track meets. And so they had guys that were running, you know, times that were two or three seconds off of Olympic times on the 400, but they didn't have any pole vaulters. So I would win that event and say, what's wrong with the rest of you guys on my team? You know, <laughs> joking, obviously. So, so you do track and field, any other sports? <clears throat> track and field and cross country. Yeah. For my sports. So you like to run. Sounds like. I don't know if I'd say I'd like to run. I mean, I used to, I was competitive at it, um, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, actually since we last moved and pandemic and working from home, I've really started kind of working that back into my schedule. So I've been running a little bit more, but actually running is kind of a part of the way I experienced the town. I'd say Long Beach. Well, I consider, you know, you know, it's taboo signal Hills part of Long Beach, but uh, back when I started in high school in cross country in 98, we used to run hill workouts and that hill was mostly dirt. There wasn't very much development on it. It was more oil derricks than anything. And even through high school and, and after there's hardly any trails left on that hill. It's all fully developed with condos and houses. So um, that part has changed a lot. Yeah. You know, I see a lot of people running up uh, very popular in single hill hill street. Is that something you guys did as well? Or is that just <laughs> something that everybody does and you guys had a better routine? Funny you, funny you mentioned uh, that hill. It's kind of the latter. Um, actually, the hill was kind of too steep to be beneficial. <laughs> you know, it was like maybe if you're like a running back or something, you know, work those calves. But it was so steep, you would generally run around that hill. Uh, the ah. big hill we'd run up is Stanley. I don't know how well you know Signal Hill, but it's much longer and much more gradual. It's about a mile and a half of just consistent uphill. It was hard and 
we'd run up that one over and over again, but rarely did we run up or down um, Hill Street. Yeah, I know. I know Stanley. I didn't. I didn't know it went all the way. Up. I guess it would go all the way up to single. <clears> all the way I to the really park. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a bend, and yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because next it, was Skyline. It's yeah, not too far from Temple, and I think Temple runs up there as well. Correct. Temple runs right in front of it. Oh, okay, oh no, wait, it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Temple does go right up to the top of Hill Street. You're right. Yeah, it does. We go that route. <laughs> mm. I'm remembering you, Johnny. You're testing my memory here. That was a long time ago. <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> it goes by in a blink, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I can't believe I'm saying 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I, I think you you did a stint uh, at, at Long Beach City College, correct? Riding your bike there? Oh, yeah. 13th grade. Good times. That was... Uh, um, did a couple years there because it takes uh, once you once you have units you want to transfer to a four year as you know you got to transfer as a junior so I had to do two years at Long Beach City College and uh, yeah as um, I had my first job I was I was basically in a about a six mile triangle it was six miles from home to Long Beach City College six miles from City College to work and in Bixby Knowles over there and six miles home and I had a old bike that kind of squeaked and I had, I didn't have money for a car, you know, and it was kind of like, how long can I stand this? And on hot days, I'd show up to work all sweaty. And I'm like, okay, I gotta get a car. Like I can't, I can't keep holding out. So I went and got a used car. And drove Did you have around. to see clients all sweaty or, or were you, behind no, the scenes? you know, and I was kind of internship days. So I didn't have a lot of client interfacing back then, you know, so it was, I was just, I was the rat in the office, you know, doing the, doing the drawings and, trying to figure out what I was doing. So it was okay that I was a sweaty mess. It was just uncomfortable. <laughs> and actually my, that was kind of a cool story itself. So a lot of you from Long Beach probably are familiar with the bacon broil. I believe, well, back then it was the second oldest restaurant in Long Beach, but I think they tore down the oldest restaurant in Long Beach right down the street on Atlantic. It was a Mexican place. I don't remember the name of that. Um, so it might be either. the oldest, it might be the oldest restaurant in Long Beach now. Maybe, Is it older maybe. than Joe Just? No. But I guess Joe Joseph's not considered a restaurant. They serve food, but I call that a bar. But yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's not as old as Joe Joseph. I think it was established in the uh, the sixties, something like that. But it's it's pretty old, and it's kind of a Bixby Knowles favorite place. And the uh, the architect I worked for, his office was directly above it, so I used to eat there at lunch like every day. So that that chicken pot pie is really good. But I think that's how I went from you know, 145 coming out of high school to about 185 coming out of that job. So <laughs> yikes, <laughs> put on the pounds, bulk up. <laughs> but it was really good, really good food there. Yeah. So let's transition. So um, you're working in law. You basically started your career in Long Beach and you're continuing to be in Long Beach now. So go into that, you know, graduating, mm-hmm. graduating college and getting into your first quote unquote I hate to say it like this, but real job. Yeah, it was a real job for sure. Yeah, they made fun of me at school for the job I had before, but uh, it was good. It was a good experience. But yeah, so after Long Beach City College, I transferred to Cal Poly Pomona, which is, you know, right up the freeway and definitely a commuter school. I felt like there was no reason for me to live there. So I stayed in Long Beach and um, and commuted there, did architecture school. And uh, as I graduated so I continued to work for the architect above the bacon boil, doing industrial retail, all kinds of different stuff. You know, it was a small company, me, him, his son, and a receptionist for a while. 
uh, graduated. So six years of experience there. Then I, I moved, I moved, you know, far and wide to a block away. (laughs) (laughs) The office I'm at now on, on Long Beach Boulevard in Bixby Knowles. How'd that come Um, about? Oh, so yeah, that was kind of a story itself. So I, I graduated into the recession, right? College in 2008. Um, everybody I called the very, you know, the, the loose, I didn't have quite the network I do today, you know, but the, who I did know or friends of friends or whatever referrals called every firm I knew. And everybody said, we're not hiring right now. We're firing. So don't even send me your resume. I don't want to see it. Um, so it was tough, but um, the firm I'm at now, they do healthcare. And luckily healthcare was somewhat recession proof, or if anything, it, there was a little bit of a delay. And I, I, the only reason I knew about them is because when I was at Long Beach City College, I had a class with um, Mark Caruana, who is the son of Ed Caruana, the founder of the company. And uh, we did a tour of Real Architects office day, in air quotes, at when I was at City College. <laughs> and we, we actually went and saw their old office, which was smaller, um, but a pretty cool building on Redondo and Third. It actually had a rock and a fountain holding up one edge of the building. It was all mid-century modern and pretty cool. It just, they outgrew it. Um, so Ed bought this building um, on Long Beach Boulevard in Cameron over there near 36th Street, I guess. And uh, we've been there since I moved there. I started there and uh, I, I walked in and it almost, it was almost as if they didn't even know there was a recession going on or coming to them. So I was the new guy for about two years. So I, I feel like I lucked out <laughs> getting into that place, but I've been there ever since. So. You know, 14 how come years. you felt like the uh, the the new guy, or or, or 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 let's back up a second. How did how come they felt like there were uh, there was no recession? I mean, were they that busy where they they weren't looking around? Their head was down the whole time, or well, um, recession hit like you know think think there's uh, markets that are more volatile. You know, like hotels hotels like they'll abandon the project mid construction. You know, <laughs> like extreme volatility. Um, so those projects would stop first, then, you know, luxury homes stop before regular homes, you know, things like that. Uh, commercials slowed down because businesses weren't doing so good, that sort of thing. But hospitals, um, you know, they still, a lot of the work we do, a lot of the, you know, the meat and potatoes, I guess, uh, or our bread and butter is, uh, you know, radiology equipment room replacements. And if that equipment is failing, they can't afford not to replace it. They'll actually lose more money if they don't do the work. So we ha- the, the hospital has to fund its needs. It stopped funding its once. So I will say the big, the big H's, as we call them, the big, art, uh, the big firms that do the towers, the big new stuff, um, you know, they put those shiny new towers on hold. And a lot of those companies weren't doing so good, unfortunately. They had massive layoffs because it takes a big crew to run those projects. Um, but a lot of our work was the, the needs work, you know, because we're a smaller architect. So um, we seem to survive, you know, and I was the, the reason I said I was the new guy for two years is because we did slow down a little bit and um, they didn't hire anybody new for two years. So I was the new guy for two years, you know, <laughs> it hasn't been that way since, you know, we've been steadily growing. I think I was, we were 27 when I started, I think we're 45 now. Wow. Um, so yeah, we've been steadily growing and almost good. doubled. Almost doubled since uh, yes. how long, how long you been there now? 14 years, 14 years. Yeah. And we're hundred percent, hundred percent hospital work. We don't do anything else. So we specialize. We've tried. We're just not very efficient at it. <laughs> so uh, tell us about the hospitals you work at, at Long Beach. 
uh, Long Beach Memorial, do a lot of work there. Um, I call it Pacific Hospital a block away, but it's actually College Medical Center now because um, Pacific Hospital sold it a while back. That hospital is about the same age, much smaller, kind of a quaint little place. Uh, Community Hospital Long Beach, which has a turbulent recent history uh, due <laughs> to you know seismic issues with um, fault nearby. Um, and actually, the city of Long Beach owned that, and they sold it to, I think, Molina. Uh, what other hospitals are in Long Beach? St. Mary's. We've done some work for them. That's closer to downtown. What now, else? Yeah. Let's talk about our community hospital uh, for a moment. In your opinion, do you think that there would be a way to salvage it at a hospital, or, or do you think, it, it, uh, you think it's, it's not going to happen? Um. As far as a general acute care hospital, probably not. Mm. Um, there would have to be some political lobbying, I think, to change some code things to get that to happen, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, somebody had said, you know, I don't know what they're doing now. Oh, I, guess I, could, I guess I could talk about it freely now because it's changed ownership twice. <laughs> and they've changed direction a couple of times, I know. But I think they, they, somebody had found a loophole in the code. They were going to try to keep it. Um, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing now, but it might be downgraded into like psych or something. I'm just speculating because uh-huh. I know the code requirements aren't as strict um, for, for anything other than a general acute care hospital. But it might become like just an outpatient clinic or, or a psych hospital or something like that. It's not that crazy people aren't as important. It's just they don't have surgery at psych hospitals. So it's less of a a restrictive environment because theoretically patients can get up and leave the building on their own. You know, if they're if they haven't been cut up in surgery and they're recovering, you know, that's that's kind of the purpose behind that. When was that hospital built? Do you know, like what time frame at least? Oh, let me think. I used to know the dates of the buildings. Um, I think the first buildings are brick. They were built in the twenties. So uh, it, to, uh, you may not know, but I'm going to ask you because I'm just curious. Um, you know what was their what was their instruments on faults? Did they, were they able to to see that at that time in the twenties? <clears throat> was that a big thing in the twenties? I mean, I, I don't know. Actually, that's a really good question. Um, I, I'm pretty sure the Alquas Priolo Act was not in effect. That's where somebody mapped. Um, it was USGS. I don't know. I wish I knew more about this because it's really interesting to me. It's just unfortunately I don't get to be involved in it a lot. Um, that's the act where so, somebody mapped all the known faults. And if you're within, I don't know what it is, 100 feet or 50 feet of a known fault zone, you automatically are required by anybody. It's not just, this isn't just state for hospitals. This is anybody, apartment buildings, houses, whatever. Um, you have to hire a geologist to do a report. One of the things they do, which is interesting, is they look at all the other geologist reports in the area to see what they found, you know, and then they determine what needs to be done. Do they need that? Depending on how precise you need that fault graph to be where where they know where it is, they might drill holes in the sidewalk. They lower a guy on a plate and he looks at ground rupture underground. (laughs) They'll find, they'll find native American pottery and date the fault based on that. It's pretty interesting how they do it, but I don't know whole lot um i don't think in the 20s they really paid attention to that stuff i think this came about much more recent um i don't know when the aquas priolo act was 70s maybe 60s something like that 
because uh, I, I believe there was a, I, and I, I forgive myself for not knowing this, but I believe there was a big earthquake in Long Beach in the 30s. Um, and it was after the community hospital was built, but maybe it probably wasn't the probably wasn't that fault that was activated. But um, no, that's not the fault that ruptured. Um, and I can tell you how long ago that fault ruptured. This is this is what's kind of funny about that hospital is like, you know, not to make it sound unsafe because it's right on top of a fault. But the definition of an active fault is something like rupture within the last 11000 years. Right. Oh, wow. Wow. I think that fault last ruptured 10,500 years ago. Oh, geez. So it's almost considered inactive, but not quite. So once they dated the last rupture, they went up. It actually qualifies as a, you know, active fault, even though it may never rupture again. That's very interesting that they, yeah. they go back that far. Do uh, now I'm probably going in a direction that might not be your expertise, but is there, is there a reason why they, they go back that far to say that's an active fault or not? No, it seems arbitrary to me. Mm. Cause I would, I would think it's, it's a, a, a geologist looking at where the ruptures have been more recently could tell you what the likelihood is. Do you know what I mean? But I think, yeah. I think in order to put it in a code, they came up with an arbitrary number. I, I would bet that's what a geologist would say, because I, I call geology. It's like a, it's like a voodoo science, man. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, they like rattle their maracas and dance around and go, I think the earthquake is talking to me. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't, mean, I don't mean to belittle the science. I think it's very interesting, very complicated, um, but it's just so much of it is subject to acts of God, right? <laughs> to speak uh-huh. that yeah. um, they're really kind of guessing at a lot of this so because of because of that um the community hospital right now is basically inactive right now i mean there's not really much going on at that hospital right now correct honestly i don't know once once city of long beach sold it the reason we were involved before was memorial care was involved uh, uh, ran it for the city of long beach Mm -hmm. and we did a lot of stuff for memorial care so we um you know, we were involved in doing a lot of studies of what if we kept it? What if we put everything on one side of the fault? Because not the whole, you know, not the whole hospital is in that zone. You know, you could actually consolidate and move things around. It just becomes really expensive. And we kind of showed them, well, you could, but here's what it would look like. Here's what your hospital would look like. Went, well, that's really expensive. And I think City of Long Beach said, you know what, we're going to sell it to somebody else who's maybe more uh, creative and scrappy about it. And I think Molina bought it. And once like we were out of it after that. So I don't know what happened after that. Yeah. What's the distance between uh, an active, you know, where the fault is to where you can be, you're able to build and code. I think it's 50 feet. That's it. Completely sure. Yeah. So, so man. Well, so, so the thing is you, you, even if the fault ruptures 50 feet away from you, there the ground shaking could be more intense a quarter mile away. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean the ground shaking is going to be intense there. What they're avoiding is surface displacement. Mm. In other words, you build a building right on a fault, half your building raises four feet. The other half stays where it is. That's what mm. they're trying to avoid. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? You're not going to, you're in Southern California. You're not going to get away from uh, ground shaking, mm. you know, and that's, and that's actually covered with the structural design. There's, which has gotten more and more complicated. They used to say, you know, seismic zone four, but that's gone. Now it's, you know, soil classification. And there's this complicated equation with them where they, they figure out a ground acceleration amount with respect to gravity. A lot of time it's like one G. 
So you imagine you have to design the building for lateral as if you picked it up and hung it sideways. That's how strong the building is. <laughs> and a lot of structures around here that are designed now. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And what, and that, that changed in the seventies. On um, this going from seismic zones to size, or uh, what do they call it? Site classification or seismic category. I don't know when they changed that. And that's more recent. Sure. It was maybe 20 years ago or something like that. Oh, so, uh, I don't so know. it was the nineties sounds like. Possibly. Mm. Yeah, I'm not, uh, that's just, I would have to ask my structural engineers. <laughs> mm. I just, I'm a generalist yeah. as an architect. I don't know a lot of the details of this stuff. I kind of understand where it came from, you know, but. Uh-huh. Um, so that's really crazy. So when you say the fault goes right through the community hospital, you're not joking because 50 feet doesn't sound like that much, but it must be going right through the thing. If, if, if there, if there was this, uh, if there's this big of an issue. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So have you seen, uh, due to the fact that you, like we just talked about the community hospital looks like if it is running, it's running at what? 25, 30% if that, um, so as a result of that, the other hospitals have to take up the, uh, take up the, you know, the, the, the load, so to speak. So in, in that respect, when you're working with Memorial or St. Mary's and all these other hospitals that you work with in Long Beach, are they doing uh, different certain things building out as a result of the loss of community hospital? You know, they have their, their market guys that kind of know what's going on in the community. They, they, they want to know who's doing what so they can um, accommodate for it or compete with them if they feel like they need to, if they're in, binging on their their um you know their their business i think with community hospital you know they never really did a lot of volume mm. of patients so i don't i i think long beach memorial could absorb it you know like because they're huge you know no problem i think it's more about being a community hospital especially it's kind of in the word you got people that live on that side of town that don't want to have to drive all the way across town to get to a hospital i think you know, it's more about geographic location, you know, that can convenience, I think is, is, is where a lot of the um, community is going to miss it. That's where, that's where my mind was going with that. So you kind of hit on that. You, mm -hmm. do you foresee them putting a hospital on the East side of Long Beach because of that? fact? Huh. I doubt it. I maybe she's, you know, they, they might, uh, somebody might try to do it. I, the thing is like a hospital developer, it's kind of a rare thing. You know what I mean? Except you have the, you know, of course you got Kaiser popping up huge medical centers. I know maybe Kaiser will step in and yeah try to wedge in on that. I don't know. It, it, I'd be curious to know what the, uh, what the hospital uh, business marketing guys think about that. Yeah, I just see uh, seeing it, you know, as an emergency uh, situation. If you're on the east side of Long Beach, it would be great to have a facility closer, you know, for helping, you know, medical issues. I mean, I understand that, you know, Memorial's not that much further away, but, you know, with the traffic getting there, you know, yeah. I understand that people are supposed to pull over and such, but there's still um, there's still, you know, delays going that far. So it would be a, a, a a cool thing to have another hospital in the east side just just for that purpose you know where i think they go is probably um if they're on that side of town is uh, los alamitos medical center oh really okay so they go they go out of the they go out of the city 
yeah, down uh, towards Catella there. Uh, Willow. Yes, Catella. Yeah. Willow becomes Catella. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cross the cross the county line. Yeah. Yeah. So across the uh, cross over the orange curtain, as they call it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Right across. Oh, interesting. So, so you, yeah. so yeah. So basically, people, you know, were in in the El Dorado area. Mm-hmm. Hartwell area that they, yeah, that may would make sense, but like um, that wouldn't make sense though. If you were further East when you where you're like in, um, you know, the shore area, Belmont Heights, Belmont shore. I don't think that would be the closest. I think at that probably point, St. Mary's probably Saint would, Mary's. Be the close, would be the yep. closest that agree. way. I would agree. That's probably yeah. where they go. Yeah. Got to interview people. Tell people if, if you broke your leg, where would you go? You could put pins. You could put pins on the map and then yeah. and then sell it to the hospitals as yeah. market data. You know. Yeah. Well, I think you would <laughs> interview EMTs. I think they they would probably have an opinion on that. You're right. You're right. You know what's funny is that, I guess it's a good thing to know is like you know, if you're think about that where where you'd want to go. Uh huh. If uh, if you had to go to the hospital because you can tell them, don't take me there. Keep driving to this place, you know? Oh, you can, you, oh, you, you can do that. Yeah. I you should I be able to, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, know, I didn't know that. I, well, I guess depending on the, the situation, I guess if, if it's like life or death and they really can't speak, I think you just go with whatever the EMT does, but I guess, right. You know, I guess there's could be insurance issues. You know, you go to different various hospitals that take different, mm-hmm different uh, providers and such. So because you could always, you could always decline healthcare. You could be halfway to the hospital, sit up and say, just pull over right here. I don't want you to take care of me. And they have to let you out. Wow. You can, you can always that. walk out of a hospital and say, I decline any care, you know, but then I, you're kind I, of I on your that, own. I knew that, but I didn't know that. I thought you at least had, if you were in the, in the ambulance, I thought you at least had to go to the hospital. Yeah. They then, might still send you a bill for half a trip, but you know, you can, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I understand you can direct them. Yeah. 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 So what type of work, like, like with Memorial, what, uh, what type of work do you do for them? You know, this is a lot of remodel stuff. Um, we did their, their new building, their, um, pediatric village. It's a 80,000 square foot, uh, medical office building out in the parking lot. It's not a, it's not a hospital building per se, but what it did was, their um, Miller Children's Hospital, you know, their outpatient clinics were kind of scattered all over the city, all over the place. And so they wanted people to be able to come to a one-stop shop. And uh, so we did that building. It just opened less than a year ago. And um, so that was pretty successful. We did a similar project about 10 years ago where it was other cancer treatment things were scattered all over the city. So we, we helped them put in, uh, we vacated actually an existing building, did a lobby addition. We kind of turned the back of a building into another front of the building for this. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's called the Todd Cancer Institutes so where we did a cancer um, institute um, in one of the hospital buildings. It's, it's connected to the hospital. It's not actually a hospital building. It's uh, <laughs> difficult to explain, but it's, it's a city jurisdiction building. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that was about 60,000 square feet. That one was successful too. They're trying to consolidate, you know, and um, make it more of a one-stop shop place and make it more convenient for their patients. So when you say one-stop shop, what do you mean by that? Well, because like, if you have to go get an MRI and then, and then you have to go see a heart specialist and then go get a, 
you know, massage therapy or something. Those were three different locations all over the city. Mm -hmm. Right now it's in like, it's just a different suite on one floor. You go here, then you go here, then you go here. You check in at the front, they tell you where you're going to go. And it's all in one, that, in that one space. Oh, that is fabulous because I, I, you know, (laughs) I've gone to the hospital before and, and I I've had to do that, go to different places. So it's great. the, The fact that they're building this out where, like you said, one-stop shop where you're in the hospital and all your needs can be met right there with the different services. So that actually, that's a, that's, that's huge. That's a great thing. Yeah. And, you know, especially with, uh, you know, Obama changing the rules, um, a lot of the reimbursement has to do with patient satisfaction. So, um, you know, the things are kind of changing everywhere to, to cater to that, which I think actually is a good thing. Um, cause 10 years ago, if you asked me who, who's the, who's the actual client of the hospital, I would tell you, it's not the patient, it's the doctors. Cause who has the parking stalls right up front, right? <laughs> it's the doctors. Yep. Cause they're, they're trying to cater to them to get them to stay. Right. They want the yeah. good doctors to lure the good pay to lure patients in, of course. Right. Correct. It's the ultimate yeah. goal. Yeah. Uh, but now it's turning more direct to patient. Like they want that experience. And it's kind of funny too. Sometimes when you read about the psychology of it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, I guess, better in ways that you'd think, but something like an emergency department experience is a good indicator because if you've ever been, it's a long drawn out pain in the butt, no matter what, even if you went there to get cold medicine and that's all you, you know what I mean? It's hours, hours, no matter what, no matter how minor, it's just how it works, you know, cause in, and especially lately they're overrun because everybody thinks, you know, it, it they're trying to constantly educate patients, go to the urgent care center. It's actually going to be faster than you waiting around in an emergency department, you know, because you have what they call sick patients and not real sick patients. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so I, that's a good question. Cause I really never understood the difference. Cause it seemed to me the same thing. So an emergency room should be like, Hey, I'm having a heart attack, uh, something like high risk deal as mm-hmm. opposed to urgent care would be, uh, what like I, I I got hit by a baseball and my I I don't I don't what what would be the difference in, in in where would you go to emergency room as opposed to urgent care? Well, definitely stroke and heart attack or you know trauma, major car accident type stuff. You want to end up in an ER. Uh-huh. Um, they have the right tools to deal with that. Um, and not every not all ERs or emergency departments are actual trauma centers, but. Um, that's a different thing. That's a county designation, but yeah, it's, they actually have an ESI, you know, was it, I can't remember what it is. Emergency something index where it's like, they rate you on levels, right? Mm-hmm. One through five, five is I stub my toe, you know, my yeah. toenail broke. That's, yeah. that's a five. Right. Uh-huh. And, and a one is the patient is heart stopped. Right. And they're on CPR coming in yeah. the door. That's a one. Yeah. So there's anything in between and, and the way they kind of, design them now is, um, I would say a one or a two, you'd want to be probably going to an emergency department three to five that's urgent care, urgent care. And it, and it kind of, it might depend on your neighborhood. Maybe your urgent care centers are overrun and your emergency departments freed up and it's just has to do with timing, but usually it's the opposite. Usually emergency departments take longer. Mm. Um, and you know, sometimes, sometimes if you're in that, middle ground, I think like a three, like, let's see, you, you broke an arm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, your, your, your life isn't at risk, yeah. but you're in a lot of pain and somebody has to do something 
relatively quick to fix that, right? That's yeah. a three, I think, <laughs> if I have it right. Um, you might check in with an urgent care center and they say, you know, the wait is like four hours. You should just go to an ED. Gotcha. You know, so, so you know, generally I'd say check with the urgent care because it might be easier, right? And, and it'd be less headache for you if that would work. But if they say, you know what, this is the wait, then you might start looking around it. So, you know, shop around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess depending I guess on that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's confusing as heck. Like it even confuses you. You think I do this for a living. You think I'd understand how hospital billing and insurance works. I don't. Um, you know, I, we're, um, we're over in Orange County. So, you know, both my kids were born at Hope Newport. So I, what I do, I, with an angle grinder, I kind of cut into my thumb pretty good, you know, uh -huh. laid it open. And I was like, okay, not an emergency, but you know, I, I need to have it sewed up. Right. Uh -huh. um, so we drive down the street, I'm looking up, I'm like, okay, Hogue urgent care center. So I go there and they're like, oh, you're not at our network. I'm like, what? Hogue's our hospital. Yeah. But, but our group is this. I'm like, well, you know, Hogue's just the name on the building. It's ah. like, oh my gosh, it's so good. So Greater Newport Physicians is the group I had to look. And they actually had a sheet there and they go, here, here's the locations you can go. Okay. So I went to another one. I mean, luckily it wasn't bleeding out or anything. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm sure if it was, a, if it was a situation like that, I'm sure they would have taken you in, but um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's crazy. But let's, let's transition, uh, let's transition a, a little bit back into the Long Beach here. Um what are the things that you, you, you like about this city that, that, that you, you say it's your hometown, even though you grew up, you know, part of your life in Anaheim, but Long Beach is your hometown. So tell me why that is. So what I like about it is I always think about this a lot. Like maybe this is the architect in me, but like the city plan, I like the old land, the older planned cities, not the newer ones. Like I'll, I'll compare and contrast like Irvine is the opposite example, right? Mm -hmm. Everything's mega development. You got these huge wall developments that are gated and big walls and you're driving down these 10 lane boulevards, you know, mm -hmm. waiting at traffic lights that take five minutes and you can't even find a gas station anywhere in the city. And, you know, we, to get to the store, you have to go to a multi mega bajillion, you know, retail center. It's just, huge and ridiculous and everything you got to move to do anything you got to move a distance and get out and go it's like whatever happened to walking down the street to the pub right <laughs> <laughs> well that's i it just it's more fun i think to live where it's kind of mixed up a little bit more uh -huh. and um you know there's just little spots of commercial here and there mixed in with the residential and sometimes there is a pub right at the end of the street you know mm -hmm. um and things like that. And that's what I miss is that charm, that character, everything's kind of churned and mixed together. You know, it's been tilled. Mm -hmm. the soil's been tilled over and over again until it's all kind of intermingled. And it's not like this big monster thought out, you know, dystopian. <laughs> well, you know, the, I mean, the, you know, they did have a big, uh, big track uh, homes in, in the fifties there. And I think, uh, you know, I think it was developed before, like you, know, you mentioned the uh, you mentioned Irvine. So I'm, I'm pretty sure just because of the the ages of the, the different homes from Long Beach to Irvine is different. But do you think that some of the stuff they did in Long Beach is track homes? Do you think they adopted that in, you know, other cities such in Orange County? Yeah, you know, that's a good point. You're talking about tracks, actually. And this is where I lived. I lived on probably the most Irvine like side of um of Long Beach, which was that post-World War II 50s development. They had baby boomers came back from the war and they were having babies at a 
insane rate and every, you know, the de demand for housing was so high. Um, it was kind of the beginning of the mega development like that, uh, Long Beach and Lakewood over there. Um, before that, I mean, because you can see it, I lived in Old Town Tustin, I know it's not Long Beach, but this is where I really understood how they did these things is the biggest development you would see is, you know, you have those bungalows and they're all throughout Long Beach. They maybe build two or three of them at a time, a developer. You know, they just did like pairs of houses or like a, a little cluster. It wasn't, you know, 5,000 houses all at once like they did in the 50s. Like one developer just built huge swaths of houses going on forever. And they, it, even the 50s mega development, though, still has like every corner of every block, right? There's something. There's an anchor grocery store, and a, you know, a laundromat and a bar, a couple things, you know. It's still kind of mixed in. It's it's. Um, I feel like it's been more organized and pushed apart, though. Say down in, in the Irvine area, um, but yeah, that's a little bit of the history of how development kind of came about that I know of. Right on. So uh, to lighten the lighten the mood a little bit, what is your besides bacon broil? Because I you, I know you mentioned that, but where is the go to place in Long Beach to <sighs> get something to eat or drink? Well, I like Joe Joe's, you know that. Okay. <laughs> That's a good Joe spot. Joe's is definitely a staple. I think a lot of people will say Joe Joe's. You go, where do you get the special there? Yeah, actually tried just yesterday. I was there and I tried the liverwurst. Um, didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so it's told myself, I'm going to try that someday. Uh -huh. I don't think I'll ever get that again. You you you, you checked it off your bucket list. You I don't checked have to do it that. off the bucket You don't That's have to right. do that again. That's right. I'm done with that. Yeah. Uh, um, matter of fact, I think you have a, oh, go on in terms of what? I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking like, what is my favorite restaurant? I don't know. There's so many, you know, that we go to, there's all the go-tos around the office. There's, you know, we go to Supermax a lot. <laughs> I don't know if it's my favorite restaurant ever, but I mean, <laughs> God, we spent a lot of time there, you know? Where, what's Supermax? You're in the Bixby Knowles area. So what Supermax are you going to? North Long Beach. Oh, okay. Is Down that the original? Long Beach, I don't know. I don't think oh, so. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. There's a lot of good ethnic food down there though. North Long Beach. There's other, other good Mexican places. There's a really good Peruvian place. It's so funny too. It's got a big giant chicken on the roof. It looks so corny, but it's really good food. Saltado. Where is that at? Out North Long Beach. Uh, yeah, out yeah, Long Beach yeah, Boulevard. On Long Beach Boulevard there and where all the, yeah. where basically all the shops are. Right? Yeah. Kind of midway out there on the, on the, on the uh, West side of the okay. street, right on the street though. But yeah, there's a bunch of places over there that are really good. I love that area. There, there's a little bit of a revival, I think, uh, in that area. Uh, yep. from, from when I was a kid, you know, I, I know I know in the 50s and such, I know it was a pretty popular area for shopping and stuff. And then I think uh, things things kind of changed when I was a kid. It, it wasn't the same. But I think within the last gosh, what's probably since you've worked there, you've probably seen a, a, a difference. 10 years right? or so. Years. Yeah. Bixby Knowles has come back and, and, and gotten a lot nicer. Mm -hmm. um, I used to not feel very comfortable walking around at night. I'd have to put small change in my pocket because there were guys on drugs walking around and I just want to give them money and keep moving, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's not like that anymore. Bixby Knowles and, and North Long Beach was worse, but uh, North Long Beach is now starting to come back. A lot of, a lot of stores that were just sitting abandoned for a long time, they're uh -huh. starting to fill in with some trendy stuff and, and uh, North Long Beach is building up. It's kind of exciting to see because been there so long. Now it's well, filling in with cooler stuff, you know. 
what's that um gosh what is I, i'm blanking that that uh that that little little uh shopping center that has different uh steel craft steel craft well do you think that was one of the biggest reasons why the, uh, of the change because that was about what uh over 10 years ago now right that's still proud that was that long ago was it maybe it was like eight years ago something I, like that i feel like it's been pretty close to 10 years i, I bet you it was after i bet you 2010 or so i think it was around then in 2010 i think you're right god yeah. you know, i just I, my time is warped because yeah. i've been there so long i ah, was two years ago you know yeah <laughs> so do you think that had a big part in it in it because i mean that uh, that's a fascinating place and now it's the kind of the model now because you you go down to LBX and it's kind of like a bigger yeah. uh big, bigger still craft. A kind of a yeah, the food court style places have been getting popular. I would say that the steel craft isn't isn't necessarily the, the pinnacle of, of big Knowles turning around, but I'd say it's a more obvious indicator. Uh-huh. But there's little things that you wouldn't unless you'd been there a long time, you wouldn't notice. Like you remember the 98 cent store? uh yeah yeah i think i do yeah it's a brewery now interesting the name of it right now but um but yeah there's breweries all over the place so you know these these like little kind of you know places that were kind of seedy you know have turned into something trendy and cool so it's a, a lot of that you know i think yeah. is what's changed kind of turned it around uh-huh um but yeah the, but i guess still craft is like the most visually stunning like it's a new thing right they love there was a little strawberry field or something right there and they took it, put the shipping containers out and um, they've rotated stuff a little bit in there, but they have actually have the brewery in there um, mm-hmm. serving taps along with some pizza, some um, birria and, 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 and people, uh, what's the coffee place there? Because people rave about that coffee. <clears throat> Steelhead. Steelhead. Do you yeah. like it? Yeah. Because I, like every time I, somebody goes down there, it's like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta go there. Yeah, get my it's coffee. Good. And their original locations kind of up the street in Cal Heights, but um they, that's kind of their little satellite now. And that's been there since Steelcraft opened. It's called Steelhead. And uh, God, I I walk there and get coffee from the office all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> they yeah. know you by name over there, right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's pretty strong coffee. It's good. I'd say uh-huh. it's good. Yeah. Cool. And you said you had a fun fact to share with us. I did. You know, it's kind of funny driving from Bixby Knowles over there to a structural engineer we work with a lot. They're right over there in Douglas Park, you know, right along the airport over there. So, th- so that's near LBX, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. LBX being brand new, which is a cool place too. Um, so there's kind of back roads I take to get their office. I only hit like two lights or something, you know, even though it's a few miles, but you go down, uh, I think it's, is it Bixby? I don't know. I know. I just autopilot my way there. I think I go down Bixby until I hit, um, cherry and then i do a little jog over to cover street which is uh-huh. right at the end of the runway uh-huh and um it's kind of fun because you you drive down cover street you're driving at the end of the runway and you look over to your over your shoulder and there, here comes a plane taking off and there's nothing between you and the end of the runway but a little chain link fence right so hopefully hopefully they get enough speed and lift off it's like it's just it's like you could hop the fence and run on the runway right there you know it's <laughs> you could be just, a goner quick huh yeah yeah yeah. But, but anyways, one of, one of those times, you know, just for fun, it's just kind of habit. I, I turned and I looked down the runway as actually I had to look far because I was going headed north. I looked down the runway and I noticed something. I noticed the pyramid at Cal State Long Beach is lined up with the center of the runway. Interesting. I never noticed thought, that. No, no. Yeah. I know that. I know. I know I can see the pyramid from uh, from the airport. 
Uh-huh. Um, but I, I didn't know it was lined up like that. It's so if, so, yeah, looking down, right down the center line of the runway, it's ever so slightly offset, but it's right there. I'm like, I'm like, that had to not be an accident. Right. Yeah. So I go, I get to the office and I'm looking it up and uh, I, I don't know that, I don't know whether they did it on purpose or not, but it is a known thing with aviators. So what they'll do, especially the small aircraft, they'll actually fly at the pyramid. They know if they fly over the pyramid, and at that point, turn towards the runway, they'll be lined up with the runway. So they, the, air, the air pilots actually use it as a, <laughs> as a guidance uh, monument. Wow, that, that's really neat. That, yeah. that, now it's a safety issue. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody's flying over the pyramid. Yeah. yeah. Or a noise issue, one of the two. Right on. <laughs> right on. Is there anything else you would like to share about uh, your, the, the love of the city of Long Beach? Oh, you know, we can go on and on about all the skate spots we found. <laughs> a lot of them probably aren't there anymore, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, when you were, when you were skating, uh, I, I wasn't the, the, the skate park in El Dorado was brand new, right? Yeah. We skated it when it was half built and the, they had it walled off because this concrete wasn't quite cured and people were sneaking in and skating around the perimeter because the middle was still dirt. So that was fun. <laughs> Have you taken your kids, uh, kids to that area since no, yeah, I haven't been to that skate park in a long time, 15 years at least. Well, yeah, maybe, I'd probably hurt myself. You know, skateboarding is not an old man's sport. And you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Skateboarding is not really an old man's sport. <laughs> Take them surfing instead. Easier yeah. on the bones. <laughs> well, tell that to Tony Hawk, who's still doing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not the Terminator, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Chuck, it was a pleasure talking to you all about Long Beach, and uh, thank you. No, thank you. Hope to do it again sometime. This was kind of fun. There's a lot to talk about. I mean, you'll never run out of topics in Long Beach. You just go on forever. And I haven't even done all the things I want to do there. No bars are here about. You know. Absolutely. For Paul Fortune, I'm signing off. It's a Long Beach thing. Thank you for tuning into It's a Long Beach Thing. Please tune in next time for another great episode. Thank you and have a good rest of your day.